Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another on the road edition of yeah. FNO InsureTech. And listen, <laughs> you know what that is, Lee? Sounds like a dually. <laughs> it is. It is a dually. It's a big old Texas dually truck yeah. Yeah. on the road to Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, yeah. For what else, Lee? What else could it possibly be but? The conference of the year, ITC, Tech Connect. It is here. It is time. It starts on Monday. Who's excited? I am. I, I am. I am. Lee and I will be in attendance. Yes. Um, mobile. We do not have a physical location. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Just our shoes and, the, and us. We'll have a walking around booth which basically means we'll I'm be not walking wearing around. That. I'm not wearing that thing. <laughs> not this year. No. no. Uh, we're so excited to uh, be part of Jay and Caribou's party once again. I mean, yeah. it's such a big event. This is where ideas are spurred. This is where connections are made. This is where InsureTech happens. And, and it is... It's so big, and I'm excited yeah. about it. I'm excited to take fellow coworkers who haven't been before. They yes. get to go see uh -huh. what the world is of InsureTech, and it, it really is the event of the year. I mean, only so many people listen to a podcast about InsureTech, and here at this conference, everyone knows what InsureTech means. You don't have to actually break it up and say it's insurance and technology. They know, and so it's a, it's a great time. I'm very excited. I don't know if you can tell. I, I can tell because I can't get a word in edgewise, which is not typical. That's very unusual. We have a super special guest today, Lee. Super yeah. special. Would yeah. you like to divulge who that is? So today we have Rick McCatherine, president of Hippo Insurance. Couldn't be more excited to have him on. And is there any other company out there? There's a lot of great insure techs. And a lot of insurtechs that have done amazing, remarkable things. But I think you could argue that no other company's profile is quite as high throughout the insurtech community and outside the insurtech community as Hippo. We're going to break tradition here and let our co-host, esteemed co-host, Lee Boyd, do the intro. Well, thank you, Rob. So without further ado... Here is your episode with Rick McCatherine, president of Hippo Insurance. Hey, everybody. We are here with a very special guest today, somebody who we are so excited to have because we've had some of his co-workers from Hippo. Today, we have the president of Hippo with us, who we've been trying to get on the show for a long time, and he was finally gracious enough to give us an opportunity to to get him on. Rick McCatherine uh, joins us today from Austin, Texas. How are you doing, Rick? Thanks so much for being on. Doing great, guys. Glad to be here. We were talking about Austin before we got started here, and you're an old timer and a newcomer in Austin. Is that right? 
It is. It kind of depends on uh, if you were born in Austin, you think I'm a, a new person. If uh, if you've moved here, you think I'm an old timer. I've been in Austin for 21 years. Well, a little off topic. What is the secret sauce with Austin? Why has it become such an incredible center of activity over the last four or five, six years? It's really an interesting place, and it I think it goes with one of its taglines, which is Keep Austin Weird. It mm-hmm. certainly is that. Uh, there's so many interesting pieces of it. There's obviously a lot of Texas tech. It's kind of the tech central area of Texas. You have the university, so you have a diversity of thought and idea. You've got graduating students from University of Texas that want to stay in Austin. It's just a really unique place, great lifestyle, Great weather generally, except, of course, it's going to be 102 today. But other than that, uh, it's uh, it's a nice place to live. Well, I think it's fair to say it's unlike many other places in Texas. I think it's unique. When I, uh, I had the opportunity to move here back when I worked at Mercury Insurance Group, and this was back in 2000, and the CEO of Mercury, George Joseph, said, Rick, you can put the office in any city you want in Texas. So I'd never been to Texas. My first stop was Houston, and I thought, nope, not going to put the <laughs> office there. Uh, then I went to Dallas, a little bit better, but you know, from somebody from Southern California, uh, it, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. Went to uh, San Antonio and thought, well, I like the Riverwalk, but not not still there. And went to Austin, and I, I felt like this is the place, and uh, because it is, Austin is as California as you can get in Texas. That is a great way to put it. Right. If California shipped part of itself to Texas, it would be Austin. That's right. Now, the old time Texans would be frustrated with that statement, but there's probably more yeah. Californians than Texans yeah. now. Anyway, so. Yeah. Well, somebody who's myself not a Texan, but have spent so much time in Texas because our headquarters was there for a long time. I know just what you're talking about, but we'll pass over that one. I will say my kids, I've got twin 15-year-old boys and they're Texans, so uh, I got to be careful what I say. (laughs) Right, right. So let's start by doing a quick level set on what Hippo is. Not that anybody, in case somebody has been in a cave the last few years and has never heard of Hippo, just tell us real quickly what your company is and, and what you guys do, and then we'll get into some specifics about you and how it all works. Sure, glad to. So Hippo, of course, is a modern insure tech company, and our mission is to return the joy of homeownership to our customers. And we do that through a fully integrated home protection platform that includes home insurance. It includes smart home, proactive maintenance services, really everything to let a customer not worry about their home, just enjoy the memories there. And if anything goes wrong, we'll take care of them. So are you an insurance company? It's funny you should ask. I answer this question frequently. We're a combination of a lot of other, a lot of different things. So we, of course, own our own insurance company. We own Spinnaker Insurance Company, AM Best A minus rated carrier. Uh, we function in many ways as a managing general agency. So we put business on the carrier that we own, Spinnaker. We also have recently announced we're partnering with two third-party carriers, Ally Financial and Incline. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're an MGA. We also sell customers products that we don't manufacture. So when somebody says they want a Hippo homeowner's product and they ask us, well, can you help me with auto? We have an agency and we'll sell them other sort of best in class auto insurance policies. So we're really a combination of carrier, MGA and agency. 
Let's talk for a second about how you got to your mission that you mentioned a minute ago. So Hippo is how old now? Uh, The company was founded a little over six years ago, and we Mm -hmm. wrote our first policy April of 2017, so about four and a half years ago. And has it been an evolution into that you want to do everything with the home? Talk about that journey, or has that always been conceptually the direction that you guys have been heading in? Yeah, it's really it's a really good question, Rob. We've always really wanted to focus on customer first. What are the customer's expectations? How can we help the customer? How can we sort of return that joy of home ownership? And so our view and mission was always around the vertical of home. One of the things that we think that some startups make mistakes on is they lose focus. And to really do something right, you really have to focus on it. So that's what we chose to focus on. Now, again, as an agency, when our customers need help with something else, we're happy to sell them somebody else's manufactured product. But if I can't build a better auto product than a Geico or a Progressive, then I'm not even going to try. When I can build a better homeowner's product, that's what we'll focus on and double down on. So putting the customer first and then behind the scenes, making sure we're giving them the value that they need and expect, even if they don't really know what it is, that really has always been our focus as a company. Just like you were talking, there's so much more than just the the homeowner insurance product. It's about the integrated home. It's about the the repairs to a home. Maybe even you know trying to help insureds, uh, you know, mitigate the damages before a claim even happens. Was that always at the beginning of the idea? Was there always a thought in in taking care of the home and IoT and things like that, or did that just come along uh, with this journey? Yeah, really good question, Lee. The idea that we have here as a company is really centered around the idea, can we add value? Let's face it, as your insurance company, you don't really want to, you know, the customers don't really want to talk to us two, three times a week. But if we can add value, they're more interested in talking to us and hearing what we have to do or what we can do to help protect them and protect their homes. So it's always been our mission to really make sure people are taken care of with value added services. Now, insurance, that's kind of the backdrop and the backstop, right? If if everything else goes wrong, you have insurance. <laughs> yeah. and let's think about it. Like from a claims perspective, what is the best imaginable experience within the insurance world today? Your house burns down. Two minutes later, somebody hands you a check for $500,000, right? That's a dreamlike claims experience. But what do you do after you have the check? You got to figure out how do I get all the debris removed? I need to get a contractor. Where am I going to live? I have no clothes. The babies don't have diapers. Like you're still totally puzzled. So our view with the other services, with the proactive services we provide, with the IoT devices, with the preventative, with what we do on defensible spaces, with aerial imagery, that's under the guise of – the best claims experience is avoiding the claim entirely. So yeah, if you have a claim, we're going to give you industry-leaning service and making sure you're taken care of. But what can we do together to avoid the claim from happening in the first place? And that's where all the other aspects of what Hippo brings to the table we focus on. One of the first interviews that we had with the company was with was right after the acquisition of Shelter. Talk for a minute about how Shelter fit into that 
idea and, and how that's going. Let me give you a scenario. So we, of course, have IoT devices. We have what we believe is the most widely adopted smart home program in the industry, where we've actually worked with the regulators. We have HIPPO Smart Homes Program, Smart Rewards Program, that allow us to provide our customers who opt into the program um, IoT devices to help protect their home. So let's say at 2 a.m., your cell phone starts screaming at you, and um, it says water leak in the washroom. So you get up and you go to the, the washroom and you see that the hose connected to the washing machine has a trickle and water's sort of streaming out of it a little bit. Well, good thing you knew about it. So let's turn the water off. And tomorrow morning, you get a mop and a towel and clean it up. Well, now what are you going to do, right? There's not enough damage to file an insurance claim. It's like a $5 claim. So what do you do, though? Maybe you've never changed a washing machine hose. So that's where Hippo Home Care takes effect. So you reach out to us. We give you sort of telemaintenance service and say, look, let me show you on a, a glorified FaceTime. Let, let me show you what you need to do. You see, unscrew this, unscrew that, go to Lowe's. I'm going to text you what washing machine hose you need. Once you come back, call me back. I'm going to help you fix that. I'm going to show you and walk you through the process of a DIY fix on that sort of thing. So that's where shelter helps us. The idea of shelter is, can we proactively help you maintain your home or make changes to your home in a value-add way? That's why it made sense to us, because guess what? Now you're going to have a brand new wash hose. So it's likely not going to rupture again. So it helps your loss ratio. You're happier. It's it's just a full circle of holistic services. You're trying to do something that hasn't been done before. Um, and that is to move kind of upstream to to not just be there when the loss happens, though that's certainly integral to what you guys do, but to see what kind of prevention you can put into and mitigation that you can put in before that, steps that you can put in before that, help that you can put in before that. How's that going? Are people open to that? Do they understand it in, in the framework of insurance? It's kind of a new idea. Simple but when you stop and you think about it, but newer. Is that the case? It, it is. And customers really are adopting it, not for the same reason that insurance companies may want to adopt it. Insurance companies want to adopt it because it's risk mitigation. It gives you the opportunity to avoid claims and have less claims payout. That's not really what the customer's thinking about. What the customer's thinking about is, I, I want to enjoy my home. I want to make sure my home is maintained, but I don't really care all that much about a claim in a preventative way. I just know that I hate that claim when it actually happened. So mm -hmm. making sure that you focus with customers and, and, and helping them protect their home. Let me, let me give you a, a, a story that we like to share. So when you buy a home, there's a movie that takes effect and it's a romantic movie. And it's you thinking about this is where I'm going to teach Johnny to ride his bike in that tree. I'm going to put a swing on it. And that's where I'm going to push Sally on the swing. And you have this very excited kind of romantic view of what that home is going to mean to you and your family. Then six months later, there's a water leak. The lock doesn't quite work right the hot water heater went out. Now that story of a romantic sort of dreamlike scenario turns into a sort of a, a drama. And in some cases, a horror story, if it happens on Thanksgiving, when you've got a lot of relatives in your house. 
our view is let's try to make sure you enjoy the dream, you enjoy the romantic piece, and let us be there to help you to, one, hopefully avoid that horror story from ever taking effect. But it two, if it does, if something does go wrong, let's make sure that we take care of you in a holistic way and prevent that same type of thing from happening in the future. Let's say you have a water rupture in your wall and you, you call your insurance company and they'd come out and they would fix you know, the drywall and the hardwood floors and everything from that water rupture. Well, six months from now, you might have a failure point in another part of the house. What did the insurance company do to avoid it? Did they think about installing a water shutoff valve? Um, so the next time that rupture happens, because it's the same pipe, it's the same age of pipe, the next time it ruptures upstairs, what are they doing for it? So in our mind, it's while we're there, while we're helping you protect your home, let's make sure we're doing things to try to avoid the next claim that's going to happen. Some of my friends have hippo insurance, and whenever they get the insurance, uh, IoT devices are sent to them, and they they install these, and they're they're free. Um, is this service free, and are are all the IoT devices you send out free to the insureds? Well, like everything we do at Hippo, there's not an easy answer, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. So let's talk about the IoT devices. So we have a kit that we provide, kind of a starter kit, lack of a better phrase. It's a, a DIY kit where if you enroll, you opt into Hippo Smart Home Program, you're going to get this kit. And it will have various sensors that you place throughout your house. You connect it to the Wi-Fi, kind of a DIY scenario. But we also partner with companies like Vivint and Simply Safe and ADT for professionally monitored kits. So depending on what you do as a customer, what you want to do, we have the basic all the way through to the professionally monitored. So we give a lot of different flavor. Some of them are at no cost. You install, you make sure it's active, you get a discount. Others, there's a monthly fee associated with professional monitoring. Yeah, and, and that makes total sense. So it, it seems as though you're always out there looking for the next thing, maybe the next IoT device or the next way to to help the insured stop claims from happening. Is that the same concept that's going into the new innovation and growth center in, in Israel or is that a different concept altogether? It's a combination of factors, really. So the growth center in Israel, the tech center that we have, is really going to a part of the world that are very prolific at tech and data and mm -hmm. making sure we identify sort of cutting edge, state of the art enhancements within the home protection space. So um, but let me give you an example. We're not on our original version of IoT devices. We're, I think, version 6.0 of our IoT devices because the technology changes so quickly. The innovation in the key is can you stay ahead of it and can you adopt that innovation and plug it into your policy systems, your policy management system. Same with data sources. We have a tremendous amount of data sources that we plug into on a daily basis. Those are constantly changing. So we had to build our entire tech stack from scratch to be able to ingest these data sources as real time as the data sources are changing. So that's some of the things that we do in our both, frankly, in our Silicon Valley group and our Israel group. And that's where the tech 
comes in in Hippo and SureTech is uh, very data driven, very technology oriented within an insurance carrier. That's right. We've been saying for since the beginning, frankly, that InsureTech is made up of two words, insurance and technology. And you must have equal energy in, in pedigree in both to be successful. If you're too much tech and you ignore the insurance component of it, that it's a highly regulated industry, that it's prone to weather and catastrophic events, you're, you're really going you're really going to falter. Likewise, if you focus too much on the insurance side and not enough on the customer and customer expectations and innovation, you're really never going to meet those expectations and really never grow as a company. So we really have two unique um, two unique sides of the house at Hippo. We have the tech side, we have the insurance side, and the two of them marry together to be, we, to what we believe is the next franchise in holistic home protection. Do they go at each other? Do they work well together? I mean, I'm sure sometimes they run, they have different goals. Who who keeps that all harmonious and work towards the same goal? So a, a couple different ways that that happens. So, of course, Asaf and myself and our, our leadership team make sure that everybody stays aligned with the strategic mission of the company. But let's not forget, every employee of Hippo has equity in the company. Every employee is an owner. And that's the view we have. It's less about your department or your specific job. It's about what can we do as a company to put the customer first and make sure it's very successful. You know, if, if you rent a unit in an apartment building and you drive in and it's a rainy day and you see that water, um, you know, sprinkler system on, you may go, well, that's a waste of water, but you don't do anything about it. Well, if you own that apartment building, the first thing you're going to do before you go up to your apartment is you're going to find the super and make sure he turns that water off. And then you're going to notice the pothole in the next parking lot over and want to get that fixed. It's an owner mindset that we have. So because of that, it truly is sort of a for the greater good mindset as a company. And we do have a spirit of candor here. We do expect people to dissent. If somebody disagrees with what we're doing in the company, we expect them to raise the flag and say, I don't think you guys are thinking about this the right way. Could you imagine being at a, a an incumbent insurance company where a call center support person stops the president of the company and says, Rick, I, I think you're doing something wrong here. I think we should do X, Y, and Z. Could you imagine that happening? It happens. It happens two, three times a week at Hippo. Well, Rick, you do just have one of the neatest atmospheres when it comes to work. I was telling Rob earlier today that not a day goes by that I don't see somebody on LinkedIn say, hey, I am so excited. I'm starting my new job uh, here at Hippo or I am uh, celebrating my anniversary. And you see more people who are just thrilled to death to go to work every day. I like to compare you to the the Google of the insurance industry. You know, everyone is proud to work there. I mean, there's got to be a lot of thought that goes into treating everybody in a way that makes them want to shout from the rooftop that they work there. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, first of all, Lee, thanks for saying that. And, and we take a lot of pride that we have a work environment that people really enjoy coming to. And it and it does go back to that sort of you're an owner of the company, you want the company to be successful. But more importantly, if you're a hippo employee, you're part of a family. And that family has a singular mission, 
taking care of our customers and taking care of each other. And that mindset really transcends some of the Oh, the, 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 the political nature or the bureaucracy that you might have in some other companies. Every HIPPO employee could go get a, a new job tomorrow. We have very strong people. We really only try to hire rock stars in the company. And if you're a rock star, you'll have three or four opportunities, uh, you know, almost on a monthly basis. But the HIPPO team has come together to build that next sort of modern, innovative insurance stack coupled with technology, putting customer first, and really excited about doing it. I'm really excited about, you know, what can we do so we look back 20 years from now and say, when, when Hippo is a common name that everybody's heard of, writing billions and billions and billions of dollars of premium, providing home services like nobody else go, I was there when it started. I've been there for 10 or 15 years or 20 years. That's the type of mindset we have. And frankly, Almost every employee really shares that. If you don't, you find out pretty quickly that Hippo is not the right place for you and you tend to self-select out. Your culture is fairly remarkable. How do you maintain it? Uh, and you, you talked about stock ownership, but how do you maintain it with the kind of growth that you guys have had? Uh, Lee and I from from the claim side of the world, I mean, we know several people who have joined you just in the last year. I mean, you're growing very, very quickly from a headcount standpoint. How do you how do you stay on top of that? Yeah, it's I would argue it's the hardest thing to do in the company, making sure that the people that we bring in have that same level of passion that all of us early on had. And, and it's really hard during covid because let's face it, more than half of our employees have never actually stepped foot in a hippo office. It's right. really easy. Right. On COVID world, in a non-COVID world, you, you see it every day. Like, mm-hmm. It's very easy to get excited about it. It's harder in a COVID world. And we spend a lot of time making sure that as we are looking for people to join the family, that they're the people that have the right sort of mindset, are, are missionaries and not mercenaries. And you can pick up a lot of these things through the interviewing process. Um, but more importantly, it's kind of like, you know, we we do act like a family here. And it's, you know, you'll bicker sometimes when you have brothers and sisters, sometimes you fight and bicker and disagree. But at the end of the day, you're all in the family and you're trying to do what's best for the family. And in our case, that means what's best for the customer. So you're the insurance guy. I, this, this, I mean, let's not forget Hippo was a startup. It was a couple of people who had an idea and slowly but surely they started to gain momentum. And you joined pretty early as the insurance guy. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, that makes me real fun at parties, by the way. <laughs> hey, we have all had that experience. <laughs> yes. Yes. Talk about that experience. I mean, I'm sure frequently you had to sit in a meeting and say, okay, let me explain what this is. Yeah, no, it, it was. It, and it's interesting. I had my own auto MGA called First Connect that I founded was the CEO of when my reinsurance broker said, hey, you should meet this guy named Asaf Wand who's getting ready to start a homeowner's insurance company. And I thought, cool, I do car insurance. He's going to do home insurance. What a perfect, perfect. strategic partnership, right? Uh-huh. So I flew from Austin, Texas out to Mountain View, California and the one hour meeting turned into an all day meeting. And if anybody's ever heard a soft speak, the guy is contagious. And so as I'm driving back to the airport, 
he calls me and says, Rick, I know you've got your own company, but I'd love you to join me and be my partner on the insurance side. And in the car on the way to the airport, I said, yes. Then I took the entire flight home going, how the heck am I going to divest myself from my own company? And uh, and because I was so excited about his vision of of what the company could become and in the in the fact that. I don't think it contradicts. I don't think insurance and technology, you'll never hear us use the word disruptor. We're not a disruptor at all. We modernize an industry that that has been around for a long time, that's done a lot of things well, but every industry gets modernized. And we really believe you have to have the discipline around the underwriting side. You have to recognize that unless there's an underwriting profit over the long term, you're not going to be a successful company. And, and I'll tell you, all of my colleagues in spite of which department they work in, they get it and they recognize you can grow, just make sure you grow profitably. Now, let's face it, insure tech companies are trying to compress in three or four or five years what legacy insurance companies have, have you know, taken the last 60, 70, 80 years. Correct, correct. And that takes time, right? There's, you know, their cohorts are 30-year-old cohorts. Our cohorts are three-year-old cohorts. So it does take time. But we believe that by really infusing technology with some insurance and underwriting and claims handling discipline, you can build the next generation of insurance company. Isn't it hard to get to an underwriting profit? Well, it's hard to get to an underwriting profit, you know, under normal conditions. But for a new company that's growing so quickly, is that one of the challenges that you're facing as as the insurance executive at at, at the company? Yeah, it is hard because you do. I mean, everybody, let's face it. We all know, right, in, in insurance that old customers you've had for longer periods of time tend to be more profitable. Sure. And and you know that retention rate improves over time. Um, the, the important thing, I think, is we have very solid partners in our risk-bearing component. We, of course, take a portion of our underwriting risk, but we also partner with reinsurance companies. And we all have a longer term view that, yes, it will take time to get the underwriting results where we need it to be. Is it trending in the right direction? Yes. Is it going to happen tomorrow? No. It's going to take a few years to to get this stuff where we want it to be. But if, if at HIPPO, we can even get to industry average loss ratios, what we're doing from proactive, from preventative, that will give us better than industry loss ratios. And customers absolutely love what we're doing. Our net promoter scores are very, very high, both in terms of customers and customer support and in terms of claims. And we, we deny claims just like any other insurance company. When you have a claim that's not covered, you need to deny it. Right. Um, so we have the discipline around that, but we try to make the process very easy, very simplified, and try to keep the customer uh, first and foremost in our mindset. And if you do all those things, you can have the right marrying up of insurance and technology. I'm interested in what the data is telling you in in this regard on on the underwriting side, vis-a-vis IoT and you know more tech forward approach to insurance. Is the data bearing out that when I send somebody an IOT device, I'm in a better place than if it's not. I mean, I mean, intuitively, 
that would seem like an easy question, but I'm, I'm interested in the kind of feedback you're getting from, from your data and, yeah, and what you can share there. I mean, I'm not, I don't want anything proprietary, but just in, in general terms. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, Rob. Um, the a couple of things. One, I will be cautious uh, on what I say here because we're now as a public insurance company, uh, yes. we need to make sure that we are uh, deploying information in a in a consistent way. But I will tell you the other challenge sometimes is if you look at the insurance homeowners industry, your frequency of claims. I, I'm just going to give you a a roundabout number around five percent. So about five percent of your customers have a claim. It takes a lot. Of time and a lot of data to really have a correlated view of what it will ultimately do. That said, Mm -hmm. we have example after example after example of our customers reaching out and go, thank goodness I had that particular device. If not, I would have had a $20,000 water claim. If you stop one out of a thousand, your loss ratio is going to be better. It just is. And so as technology continues to improve, as we have the capabilities to develop other proactive and preventative services, I think you will see, you know, positive results of it. Time will tell how much, but at minimum, the customer knows we're in it with them. We're there with them to help them protect that home so they can enjoy the, uh, you know, the joy of homeownership. Well, Rick, a minute ago, you talked about being a a publicly traded insurance company. And I want to ask you, what was that like whenever it was time to ring the bell and to go public? I mean, it's something you've been working on for all these years. Tell me a little bit about that. It was surreal, just to be completely honest. Um, I did a really good job until the morning of not thinking about it too much, keeping my head down, focusing on the underwriting, focusing on the insurance side of the business. Uh, until Asaf and I, early morning, we had to show up at the exchange and we t- made the turn onto Broad Street and you see the giant hippo banner draped across the New York Stock Exchange. And that's when it hit me, oh, we've actually done something. Yeah. The biggest challenge, I think, for everybody that have gone through that experience is that's not the end. That's the beginning. Right. We, it, all it has really done is has shown our customers and, and, and maybe some of our stakeholders that we have something that is working. We want to double down. The best way to double down on that is have plenty of capital to infuse into what you're doing and, and have the, you know, the, the general public recognize that you're a legitimate company. You're not Bob's insurance company uh, that, you know, shows up and you've never heard of. So, um it, it was surreal. It was, you know, very few companies have have done it. Um, I feel very fortunate that uh, that I was involved with it. But I, I keep reminding everybody in the company that this isn't the end. This is the beginning. Now it's time for us to deliver. It's being listed on the New York Stock Exchange is like being drafted in the NBA. And we got to make sure we're making some free throws and we got to we got to produce or we're going to get cut. Like it is just for, it's just the beginning for us to show what we can do. Well, I, I love that. I mean, uh, so many times you think about going public, you're like, hey, they made it. It's at the end. Uh, but it does seem like it is uh, maybe the end of one chapter, but the, the opening of another. It is the world saying, OK, we hear you. You're the, the real deal. You're out there. Um, but what does the, the roadmap look like for Hippo? 
Yeah, it's really about growth and expansion. Um, it's interesting in homeowners insurance. When you grow and you grow geographically and you eliminate or reduce some of the concentration of exposure, that's actually a good thing. Some other Mm -hmm. product lines, when you grow, it's like, oh, no, you're growing too quickly. We want to grow in places that aren't as cat prone or cat exposed as we are currently in. So that growth helps. Increasing our state footprint will help. Creating a bit of a national brand will help. But also really listening to our customers and saying, what do you need from us? What are other services in that vertical of, of home can we help you with? And that's really what we're focusing on. We've recently announced two um, new products that, that we brought to market. One is an innovative product that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's called inspection protection, where we ensure the seller's inspection, real estate inspection of the house. So if the inspector missed anything or something goes wrong, you've got an insurance policy for that. Think of it as wow. a certified pre-owned home, just like you would right. have a certified pre-owned car. What a clever idea. So that's uh, one thing that some uh, realtor friends of ours suggested would be helpful. The other thing is we've expanded into the homeowners association and, and commercial lines related to homeowners and community associations. Um, very much in both of those that are in the vertical of protecting people where they live. You know, where you live is not just the four walls you're in, but also the community that you're in. So we um, that's where we're really adding additional um, bandwidth to, but continuing to build best of industry technology, continuing to meet the needs of our customers um, is what we're really focused on for the next few years. We're about to go to InsureTech Connect. Enormous insurance and technology conference is the future of insurance insure tech is that one of the reason that we saw the excitement about your ipo the excitement about lemonade's ipo that the potential out there is so great that uh, and you didn't call it disruptive but that you called it modernizing is the industry so in need of modernizing that the that the modernizers are the future? What, what's your take there? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I think the future of insurance is customer first. Every other industry has done that. Every other industry has recognized that the customer comes first. Our industry still calls people policyholders or insureds. They don't call them customers. Oftentimes in some of the legacy companies, the customer is the agent, um, which we have lots of agents that sell HIPPO policies. Half of our distribution is through agents and other insurance companies. We value their input and we want to make sure it's easy for them to transact the policy. But the customer is the end user. And I think the industry has forgotten about that a little bit. It's one of the reasons why we have our omni-channel distribution strategy. Why should we tell a customer, if you want to buy our product, this is how you do it, as opposed to say, you tell us how you want to buy and we'll build technology um, to support it. And so I think the insurance industry needs to put a more emphasis on the customer and their expectations because they've changed due to companies like Google and Amazon and Facebook and others. I think they also need to recognize that the rate of change is accelerating exponentially. 
And you really have to have that innovative, modern entrepreneurial spirit, which is not easy in our industry. Our industry, you're risk adverse. That's probably why you're in the insurance industry. But there's ways to be entrepreneurial and still be somewhat risk adverse. And I think the industry is starting to pick up on it. I think you're starting to see people with real deep pedigree in the space come to to insure tech startups because they really want to do things that they've been thinking about for the last decade decade, but never really got the traction in their own organizations to do. That's a fabulous answer. And we will let that bring us to the close today. Uh, you you were well worth the wait. And we appreciate that you've given us the time and the space to, to talk with us and uh, to share what's going on at Hippo and, and your thoughts about it uh, with our audience. I'm sure they're as grateful as we are. So thank you. Rob Lee, you're very welcome. Glad to do it. It was a lot of fun. Lee, what number hippo person was that for us? Four or five, I think, if you count shelter, uh, whenever they oh, that's acquired right. shelter. That's I think right. you, you can Andrew Wynn. Yeah, right? you could you can include that. So maybe four or five. I'm being signaled that we've had six hippo guests. So. Six. Six. That's wow. right. Wow. It's almost one that's tenth right. of our podcast. Mm-hmm. They should be sending us shares of stock. Or t shirts. Or t shirts, which we'll see what happens. Right. Anyways, uh, big thanks to Rick for being with us. Lots more great information about Hippo and what an amazing story, a story that anybody who's in InsureTech, regardless, you yeah. have to pay attention to Hippo and what they're doing. Absolutely. And um, we thank him very much. And we thank our intrepid production team, Alicia Moss, for tracking him down. And Al Moya. And so we'll say, like we say, each and every one of our nearly 150 episodes. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>